another episode of the Baycare Clinic Podcast. My name is Alicia Schertz, and I'll be your host for this episode. Cataracts are a common age-related eye issue, and as life expectancy increases, the number of people who develop cataracts is also expected to increase. I'm joined today by Dr. Alexander Foster, ophthalmologist with Baycare Clinic Eye Specialist, to discuss the history of cataract surgery and why medical innovations in surgery have improved the quality of life for millions of patients worldwide. Dr. Foster, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, Alicia, thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah, and I think I think the the easiest place to start is is sort of just defining cataracts for people. So can you talk a little bit about that condition and what's actually happening when people develop cataracts? We'll start there. Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, so when someone starts to develop cataract, a uh, number of things can happen. Um, your vision can start to get a little blurry or start to cloud. Colors can start to fade a little bit. Um, you might find you really can't see as well as you once used to at distance, um, and especially at nighttime. Uh, bright lights can be bothersome. You can have glare or halos around kind of point source lights. So when you're driving at nighttime, the oncoming traffic might seem a lot brighter than it did previously. Um, it's very common actually for my patients to completely have given up nighttime driving because of this. They, they find that vision becomes so poor at night that they don't want to uh, get out and test it. Um, that kind of only partially answers your question uh, because that's all from the patient's perspective. At a biochemical kind of anatomical level, what happens with cataract is our lens, which we're born with, which sits in the front of the eye behind the iris, is crystal clear when we're born the majority of the time. But as we age, that piece of anatomy starts to cloud. And it does that because proteins within the lens start to break down. And over time, this is what causes your vision to become poor. And that's what cataract is. It's nothing more than your your, uh, normal lens just starting to break down. Wow. Yeah. And I think you talked about it a little bit. Uh, You had mentioned just aging. So who does this typically affect? Who are the patients that you're seeing for this condition? Yeah, um, being that cataract is an age-related process, um, we as ophthalmologists or optometrists, we can see early cataract formation in patients um, even in their early 40s. But it's my typical symptomatic cataract patient is anywhere from 60 to 70 years of age. And... Um, it's just an age-related process, uh, but there, there's a host of acquired and inherited conditions, um, certain medications, and even lifestyle choices that can lead to cataract formation, um, including but not limited to excessive sunlight, smoking, obesity, high blood pressure, previous eye injury or eye inflammation, or even eye surgery. Um, diabetes can also increase your risk for cataract as does long-term steroid use. Uh, a cataract is not caused by overuse of your eyes, so feel free to read and do as much as you'd like to do uh, on a daily basis with your visual system. But um, but cataract is just really a, a developmental uh, age-related process. I want to talk a little bit about that too because you're talking about maybe all those conditions that sort of add to maybe a person's risk factor of developing cataracts, but how common of a condition is this? How many people are, are dealing with cataracts on a daily basis? By the age of 65, 90% of individuals 
Um, we'll have cataract that we as ophthalmologists or optometrists can see on exam with the slit lamp, the, the device that we use. But by the age of 75, about 50% of these patients have lost some vision due to their cataracts. So very common. It, it is a common occurrence. Wow. I mean, you've talked about sort of the how these symptoms sort of present itself and, and people losing their vision and that kind of thing. But how serious of a condition is cataracts from a patient standpoint? Yeah, great question. Cataracts can grow as that lens starts to break down. It brings water with it, and that can make the cataract, the, the lens get larger and larger, so large so that it can block the drainage system of the eye, and that can cause something that we call angle closure glaucoma. Um, this is a medical emergency, but cataracts need to be quite mature for that to take place. And that's not too typical here in the United States. I, I have personally seen it, but it's rare. Um, but to your question, cataracts cause you to lose vision and you're required to have 2040 vision in order to be able to drive here in the state of Wisconsin. So, um, you know, how serious is your vision? How serious is it to, to get out and function that it could be a very serious thing if, your visual system is impaired. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. What does treatment for for cataracts look like? Well, I'm a conservative surgeon, so the initial treatment of cataract isn't surgical at all. Cataracts change your glasses strength, and it make it, it makes it harder for light to enter into the eye and hit the retina. So. For the symptomatic cataract patient, what we do is we write you for a new prescription and we recommend you utilize greater light sources for when you're most symptomatic with your cataract, be it nighttime or while you're reading, you know, for that near work issues that, that you're having. But once we cross a point where that cataract is causing you enough trouble that we're no longer able to write you for a prescription set of glasses that can correct you to your best visual acuity. Um, then it's time to think about cataract surgery. And what we do as cataract surgeons is we remove the cloudy lens that's causing trouble and we replace it with a new crystal clear acrylic lens material um, that's specific to your individual eye and we place it right where the old lens was. Interesting. And we're going to talk a little bit about sort of the evolution of that surgery in just a minute. But from from a patient standpoint, what is your perspective on, on catching maybe a cataract early? What is the benefit of that for patients? Yeah, um, better vision, less surgical energy required when we remove the cataract. Um, and yeah, I mean, better vision, What that's a tremendous, um, tremendous benefit. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, with surgery being an option, we're going to talk a little bit about what that process looks like, but let's talk a little bit, let's back up a little and talk about sort of the evolution of that surgery, because surgery is a big deal, no matter what it is, but how have you seen, or how has the industry seen this surgery change, and then what does that mean for, for patients? Yeah, um, I'd love to, the, the surgery, the history of cataract surgery is fascinating, Um and so if if I could, the word cataract is Latin for waterfall, um, which medical historians see dating back to 5th century BC uh, when people noted an op opaque liquid material forming over the lens. That's how we got the name cataract. So um, cataract at that time, the surgery for it consisted of 
pushing the lens into the back of the eye, which just didn't provide great functional vision for patients. Um, fortunately, we don't still do that. Um, fast forward about 1,700 years, and um, we're now able to remove a lens from the eye, but they're not yet able to give patients good functional vision thereafter. Uh, about the 1700s, patients are placed in high-powered, bulky lenses outside the eye, kind of the Coke bottle glasses. It wasn't until the 20th century during World War II when a British ophthalmologist by the name of Harold Ridley noted that Royal Air Force pilots uh, with previous ocular trauma from plastic airplane windshield shrapnel in their eye would remain largely asymptomatic from from these foreign bodies. This led him to postulate that this material uh, called polymethyl methacrylate could be used as the first intraocular lens for patients. And he was right. And it did. And it provided better outcomes for patients and revolutionized our field of ophthalmology. But you fast forward today, 70 years later, that was 1949 when, when the first intraocular lens was placed. Um, and today, our technology, our technique, and our outcomes continue to be perfected. We've really come a long way. The instruments that we use are minimally invasive. We have machines that provide kind of real-time feedback for the best intraocular lens for our patients at the time of their surgeries. We um, have formulas that, have, that help to perfect and even use artificial intelligence uh, to help us make the best decision for the right lens for each patient. It's really, truly a tremendous time to be a cataract surgeon. Wow. That's, that's so fascinating. And I want to talk a little bit more specifically about the surgery today and what that looks like for patients. So obviously, it's obviously, you know, revolutionized the industry over the last, you know, several years. But what does it look like today specifically for a cataract patient? When they're coming in, what exactly happens during the procedure and what are you guys doing for them? Yeah. Um, well, a lot of patients can be a little fearful. Um, cataract surgery oftentimes is, is one of the first surgeries that patients uh, that I see have. You know, most, most of my patients are pretty healthy individuals. So we have anesthesia colleagues with, with us. They give you medicine to help relax you, and we numb the eye with an eye drop. We then use very small instruments to access the cataract in the eye, and we remove it piece by piece. Um, this is still incredible to me even now, but uh, the instruments that we work with are so small, they're able to be used inside a incision that's only 2.4 millimeters in width. So that, that's equivalent to 0 0.09 inches. Next time you have a ruler, take a look at how, how small that is. Yeah, that's small. Yeah, it's it's so small. We actually need a microscope to do the surgery. So we we use a microscope and we do microsurgery on the eye. Interesting. And so I, yeah. I know people have have heard about laser assisted cataract surgery. You guys are actually using tools and instruments different from that. But talk a little bit about what that means for patients and and sort of the benefit of of doing it the way that you guys do it. Yeah, there there is a technique that. Uh, called laser-assisted cataract surgery, um, but we've made the decision um, as surgeons in our group that it really doesn't provide the, the greatest benefits. Um, we have tools and the dexterity to um, complete the same tasks 
that the laser would uh, complete, and we do it um, efficiently, effectively, and for for less cost. Um, it uh, if the laser were to prove to us that there's substantial benefit for the patient, it would be a no-brainer. But you know, we've we've met and we've discussed and we've decided that um, we want to provide the best cost-effective care for our patients. And, and so we've never ad- adapted or, or um, decided to, to use the laser. We, uh, what, what the laser can do, we feel our hands can do just as good. That's incredible. So, so talk a bit, you, you've made the incision, you removed the cataract. You've already talked about sort of the chemical makeup of the interocular lens that actually gets placed in there, but there's been some pretty incredible innovations there as well. Can you talk a little bit about what you guys have the ability to do for patients as far as the replacement? Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot of different interventions that we can do at the time of surgery, and and that's why I love what I do. Without going into tremendous detail, uh, we have techniques and technologies that can treat glaucoma and even astigmatism at the time of surgery. Um, the standard lens that's covered by Medicare um, corrects for distance vision only. So anything up close, like reading your phone or reading a book or knitting, these activities are, require some reading glasses with that standard lens. And for most patients, that's not a problem. We're all, uh, by the time cataract has uh, started to become symptomatic, people are pretty used to wearing reading glasses. But some patients desire to be less dependent on reading glasses. And for them, we have technology um, in the form of a premium lens that gives you a much improved near and intermediate vision. What I mean by that is reading and kind of computer work vision, uh, as well as good distance vision. These premium lenses, though, aren't covered by Medicare, so there's a fee associated with them. And they can also produce glare and halos around lights at nighttime. For some patients, that's no problem. They're willing to give up a little nighttime vision for everyday kind of functional near to intermediate work. Uh, for other patients, that's something that they're not interested. But for the majority of patients, they're very, very happy when we place premium lenses. So um, we have a plethora of options when it comes to um, deciding what type of lens or what type of procedure we should perform at the time of cataract surgery for our patients, depending on their personalities and their pathology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was my next question. I think you, you segue nicely into that. It sounds like it's a very back and forth between you and the patients and deciding what's right for them and what's right for their lifestyle. But can you talk a little bit about how you choose which lens to, to use? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, it's my favorite part. My favorite part of the interaction with patients is that conversation. Um, it involves kind of determining what they currently use their vision for what they previously used their vision for. I get to ask people what they love to do. And and then I get to give that back to them. It's amazing. Maybe you're an avid reader and you want near vision back, or maybe you're a hunter and you need clear view through that scope come November. Um, It's very common for the golfers to say, Hey doc, I'm, I'm tired of asking my golfing party to find my ball for me after I hit it down the green. Um, So, it's really a conversation back and forth when you're sitting in my chair uh, trying to decide what we, what our goals are, what your goals are, and how we can get there. But by far, that's, that's why I love what I do is getting to that, that point where um, I know 
um, that you're going to be happy with, with the ending result of, of your surgery um, based on the lens that we, we decide together for you. Amazing. Um, you had already talked about it where obviously people, this might be the first surgery that people end up needing to go through or those kinds of things. Obviously, surgery in general is usually nerve wracking for, for patients. But let's talk a little bit about what this surgery actually looks like from, from a patient standpoint. So how long are they in there? Are they staying in the hospital? Is this outpatient? What does that look like for patients? Yeah. Yeah. Great questions. Um, so it's very common for patients to be a little worried and, and, um, understandably so. I mean, this is a, a surgery on, on the eye. That's no small, um, feat. So I like to alleviate my patient's worry. Uh, I tell them cataract surgery is the number one most commonly performed surgery in the United States. Very safe, very effective, and minimally invasive. Um, it is outpatient. We do the procedure at one of our outpatient surgery centers. Um, patients typically really enjoy how efficient these surgery centers are run. Um, and uh, again, as I mentioned, the anesthesia is there. They give you medicine to help you relax and you know, before you know it, the procedure's over. It takes about 10 to 20 minutes. Wow. We have you wear a clear shield for the first 24 hours after surgery, and then we see you back in the office the next day, the next week, and the next month. So outside of outside of the clear glasses, is there any sort of recovery time or downtime for these patients, or are they walking out of there basically seeing with, with more clear vision? Yeah, you know, uh, it's typical for your vision to be a bit blurry afterwards, just just because of the, the surgery, the cornea can swell a little bit. So I, I typically say about one to two weeks for that blurriness to go away. And it takes about four to six weeks for you to get that really good quality vision to stabilize because the eye is still healing during that time. Um, we give you medications to kind of help the eye heal along the way for about one month. You'll take some topical drops to the eye. Um, but yeah, we ask that you don't do any heavy lifting for one week, uh, anything beyond five pounds, um, not to bend over past your waist and not to place the eye in water for a minimum of three weeks. Um, but, uh, but overall, I mean, you can expect vision to be a little blurry after cataract day one, but you're, you are very functional and, uh, and doing well by, you know, one week out from cataract surgery. Incredible. So, I mean, people, people who maybe still be working at that point, can they, can they go back to work? Can they see when they're in front of them, maybe with the use of glasses or along those lines? What can people expect from that standpoint? Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, kind of patient dependent. If, um, if we have a patient who sits at a desk all day and not working in a dirty area, I'm fine to have them come back to work, you know, uh, post-op day two. Um, but for the patient who's, you know, working at a factory or, uh, if there's risk of really, um, the eye getting dirty, I typically say, let's give it a week. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, it is very customized or patient individual, uh, circumstance. So that's good to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so if I am someone who's suffering from cataracts or blurry, even just blurry vision, and I'm not necessarily sure that it's cataracts, what are my next step or, or do I need a referral to come and see you guys or how does that look from a patient standpoint? Yeah, no, uh, you don't, uh, call the clinic, Bay care clinic, eye specialist, mm -hmm. 920 
327-7000. We'd love to see you and see if we can get you better vision. Uh, Blurry vision can be caused by a number of things, Mm -hmm. and it's very common for patients to assume that it's a cataract, but sometimes it can be dry eye. Um, And dry eye is very common. But, uh, yeah, if if you're struggling with your vision, we'd love to see you and try to get you better. So when a patient does come in to see you for help, what what are the steps that you take or what does that appointment look like for them? So um, I determine what it is that's disrupting your vision mm-hmm. by a simple vision test one eye at a time. And it's pretty interesting. Cataract is a slowly progressive condition and patients don't really realize how bad cataract can be in one eye until you do a, a single eye vision test and then they recognize it. And, and that's partly due to the, you know, the efficiency of our brain and the way that we're wired. We're just able to compensate through the other eye and through the visual field. But it's very common for that cataract patient to say, man, I had no idea I couldn't see as well uh, as I thought I could out of that eye. Um, but, uh, I sit down, we do a vision test, uh, I ask questions about your symptoms. Have you given up driving at night? Do you experience glare and halo, star burst around bright lights? Are you having trouble reading road signs? Mm-hmm. Um, if you answered yes to one or more of these, it's pretty likely that you're affected by cataract. And at that point, we talk about the risk, benefits, and alternatives to cataract surgery, and we make a plan together. Interesting. So, yeah, I want to reiterate again, what are the benefits of treating cataracts early? What does that mean for patients and their vision? And, and sort of why is it important to not prolong treatment? I mean, if somebody's dealing with these issues. Yeah, really great question. So cataract surgery in the majority of cases is an elective procedure. So we work with the patient to help them decide the best time for interventions for them. Um, what I tell my patients is as we wait for the lens to become more and more mature, it also becomes more and more sclerotic or hard. The harder the lens, the more energy that's required at the time of cataract surgery. Um, so, it, you know, it makes sense. Less energy is, is better um, when we're in the eye doing surgery. Um, so there, there's a very good reason to wait to perform cataract surgery until your cataracts are mature and your activities of daily living have been affected. But there isn't great reason to wait beyond that. Um, And I'll tell you why. First of all, it's proven that cataract surgery does reduce fall risk in older individuals. The better you see the world, the better that you can navigate through it. And secondly, believe it or not, um, a recent study out of my alma mater at the University of Washington showed that cataract surgery was associated with a 30% reduction in dementia risk in older adults. Um, yeah, this was a, a longitudinal study that took place over 30, uh, 25 years following a cohort of patients, about 3,000 of them, and they found that this reduction in dementia risk persisted decades after the cataract surgery. Uh, so what I mean to say here is this is a study completed over many years that analyzed a long list of confounding factors, and they still found a strong association between correcting one's visual system through cataract surgery and protecting one's brain health long-term against dementia afterwards, um, which is pretty incredible. And we are really just on the forefront of this of this knowledge and this, this research. Lots, lots is still yet to be um, figured out why that's the case, but 
I mean, definitely something to consider if you're on the fence regarding cataract surgery. That's incredible. Yeah. Very, very interesting information and just the connection between our vision and our brains and our daily lives and and all that kind of stuff. So, (laughs) yeah. And, you know, Alicia, on a personal note, I love what I do. There's nothing in the world like giving another person back their most treasured sense. So for me, like, why would you wait for better vision when it's available to you now? Cataract surgery is safe and effective, and it's an investment in who, in you, and in your interactions with your world. So it's it's worth it, and it's something that, that I encourage patients to undergo when they're clinically ready for it. That's incredible. Thank you so much for joining us today. Is there is there anything else that you want to add, or I think this is great information. Yeah, no, uh, I appreciate the time to to chat with you about something I'm passionate about. And um, if you or your loved ones are struggling with cataract or uh, poor vision, please uh, give the clinic a call and come see me. Uh, And Alicia, it's been great chatting with you today. And thanks for, for your time. Absolutely. Thank you. Again, Dr. Alexander A. Foster is an ophthalmologist at Baycare Clinic Eye Specialist. He sees patients in Green Bay and Sturgeon Bay. Baycare Clinic Eye Specialist serves patients throughout Northeast Wisconsin and Michigan's Upper Peninsula. To learn more or to request an appointment, you can visit baycare.net. And please look for more episodes of the Baycare Clinic podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you so much for listening.